Hello, everybody. Um, this is episode three or four, something like that, um, depending on what other episodes come out with this or before this or after this. I did an interview with a friend of mine, and I've been trying to get that on here, <coughs> but that may take some time, so i got to figure that out first. So whatever episode this is, depending on whichever episode that is, will change. So this is episode blank. Um... This one's, I've been thinking about this for a little bit, and every time I wanted to do a podcast, the other two or three that I've done, I've had a brief, you know, very small outline of things of how I thought it should go, or what I wanted to say. But this one, I felt the need just to speak from the heart. Now, I don't know, I'm hoping this is short. I just want this to be short, but I feel like this needed to be said, and so I'm just going to say some things. There's oftentimes in life... Um, this is what I fundamentally believe. Let me back up. The thing that I fundamentally believe is that if you go deep enough into yourself, you find everybody else. And if you go deep enough into everybody else, you can actually see yourself. And I think that's the real art, is being able to see yourself and everybody else. Now, you know, so when we talk about human things, we talk about what it means to be human. We're really talking about everybody, everywhere, all the time. When you talk about your own stuff, what you are also talking about is everybody everywhere all the time. Now, the truth is, you know, I talk a lot about Jesus and the scriptures on this thing because um, that's just, that's where I've been and that's where I'm at and that's my upbringing and that's my training and that's where I'm rooted and grounded. Um, but when it comes to spirituality, when it comes to religiosity, like these are the big questions of life. These, these aren't questions just for religious people. It's so like, who are we? What are we doing here? Do we have purpose? Do we have meaning? Is there a God? If there is this divine that's present or not present, like, what are they like? And what's their disposition towards us, if that's the case? Or what's the nature of our world or whatever? What's it mean to be human? Like, that is the fundamental questions when it comes to spirituality and religion. So when we talk about the Bible, when I talk about the ways of Jesus or the teachings or of Jesus or the scriptures, like I would, I would argue that it's not just a Christian thing. Like this is a human thing. Like these, these ideas and these truths have been talked about for thousands of years, and that's why they endure for so long. Is because this like reverberates deep in our bones. That's what Jesus, I think, talked about. You know, I've talked about on here before. When Jesus talks about truth, it's the word for reality. So that which is actually going on that which is always going on and so the things of jesus the things of the scriptures aren't just like this religious dogma or doctrine that we either agree with or don't agree with it's actually a pulling back of the curtain and seeing what's been there the whole time and that's what paul does in Acts 17 when he goes to athens he he sees that there's a bunch of these idols and one of the idol statues says to the unknown god and he says well it's actually that god that i'm here to proclaim to you and so he's not there taking new information to them that they need. He's there helping them see that which has been there the whole time. I think that's actually a more accurate way of looking at our life, actually. So when it comes to religious things or it comes to the Bible, I, want, I would love for even just this podcast or even just a new way to propel into the future of like this not just being a Christian thing. Like This is a human thing. And I don't really care who you are or where you are, how, what you've been raised with, or if you've been given the Christian faith or not, like when I talk about the Bible and I talk about the, about Jesus, like I'm talking about everything and everyone. I'm talking about everybody, everywhere, all the time. And no matter if you feel like you actually believe this stuff or not, that's okay. 
cosmic welcome to the table. There's two teachings of Jesus that I've been thinking about the last week or so. One is the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5 to 7. It's like the manifesto of Jesus. Um, it's a collection of some of his most famous teachings. And at the end of it, he tells a story. He says, Lord, Lord, uh, not all who say Lord, Lord will enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of the Father will enter the kingdom of heaven. What we usually say is like the kingdom of heaven, heaven in general, seems to be like after you die, you're going to go to the eternal bliss factory. And just because you say, Lord, Lord, that doesn't mean you're going to get in. Now, this is for another podcast, but I believe fundamentally when Jesus says kingdom, he's not talking about something that's far off into the distant. He's actually talking about something that's presently available now. Just look at what his message of good news was. Is the good news, according to Jesus, was that the kingdom's here. Like the kingdom has come, and we can be a part of it. And then heaven, then, in the Hebrew Bible, just means the skies, so the blue stuff that's above us. But then it became an archetype, like an image, for where God resides. And so heaven is not where God is. Heaven is in God, technically. So you really want to get deep into the image of the Hebrew Bible when it comes to the heavens. Like God embodies all things. And so even the temple in the Old Testament, the temple was just a temporary image, a temporary space. And even in the building of the temple, even in the building of the temple, God says that that doesn't even, like his whole presence doesn't even just feel just just in the temple. Like the whole earth is his. And so really this image of heaven is not a, a distant, ethereal, eternal bliss factory that we go to when we die. Like the kingdom of heaven is something that's presently available to us. It is the king's dominion, all that the Garden of Eden All the things that Genesis 1 and 2 hold up to what it means to be human and to live in relationship with each other and with the divine and with the earth are becoming presently available in the person of Jesus. So when Jesus says, entering the kingdom of heaven, he's not talking about later on after you die. He's talking about the eternal kind of life right now. Like, what does it really mean to be human? Like, what is the best way, the truest way, the deepest way to order your life? That's what he's talking about, like, right now. And so not all who have the right category of Lord, Lord, will enter those things. And so just because you have the right theology doesn't mean that you're going to be stepping into the kingdom life of Jesus. Uh, I think it's John Ortberg. John Ortberg says, Habits do not get corrected by the ability to articulate correct theology. Uh, Dude, that, that, uh, that quote changed my life. Habits do not get corrected by the ability to articulate correct theology. So just because you have the right stuff, and I'm using right in air quotes in my hands, with my hands right now, just because you can articulate right theology does not mean that you're actually going to be a good human. And I think we can all testify to that. Like, that's why it sucks to be a waiter or waitress on a Sunday, because you have to deal with all the church people. All these church people may think rightly, but they're actually really sour people. Later on, Matthew 21, I think, I may be getting that wrong, Jesus tells a story, um, you can tell I'm just kind of shooting from the hip on this one, Jesus tells a story um, about two sons and a father, the father goes to one of the sons and says, go and work in the vineyard, and then um, the son responds and says, I'm going to do it, and then he doesn't go. He goes to the next son and he says, go and work in the vineyard, and this son says, I'm not going to go, but then later does it, and Jesus' question at the end of the parable, the story is, who, which son did the father's will? And the answer is the second one. So the second son said he wasn't going to do it, but then later did it. 
So Jesus is upholding this human, this son. This point of the story is that he may not have articulated it right, even said the, the exact wrong thing, but he later ended up participating in what the Father had ordered for him. And that's who Jesus holds up. And you look at Matthew 25, or yeah, 24, 24, 25, when Jesus is talking about the, we usually say it's the end times, okay? So like Jesus, or the Father's going to separate the sheep and the goats, and the sheep are going to go into eternal life, and the goats are going to go to, um, it, or the ESV at least translates it as eternal destruction. And I can talk about that another time. Um, but um, the point of the story is a way of being human right here and now. So the sheep and the goats, those the sheep, who, the people who go into eternal life are those who cared for the least of these, those, those who showed up to the hungry, the poor, the, um, he who's in prison, those who are thirsty. And that's how Jesus separates this. It's not about who had the right, correct theology. It's about those who are participating in a, in a way of being human. And it seems like that's the organizing principle of a lot of the things that Jesus talked about was a way of being human. And people can be a part of it. And if you want to participate in these things of Jesus, like you can. And you can be a part of it if that's what you want. Got some cold brew right here. Um, the ways and the teachings of Jesus are presently available to you. Like organizing, transforming, redirecting, grounding us back in the, the, the true way of being human. And so like I'm completely convinced that loving our enemies rather than killing them is a better way and being generous is a better way and slowing my life down is a better way and not hoarding my resources and stuff and possessing possessions or wealth or whatever is a better way using um, my life in ways that I may be spending my life for others like for the sake of others that's a better way fighting the lust and the greed and the anxiety and the worry and the pride and the self-righteousness is a better way of living. Like Jesus was tearing down the walls of us versus them, and he was always hanging out with the wrong kinds of people. And those religious people who have all the right answers, but they're not integrating it into their soul, like Jesus was directly like confronting them. And that makes so much sense with us in our day and age. Like even with the prophets in the Hebrew Bible, like that's exactly what they were doing. They were going against the system the hypocritical religious system, the corrupt system that was actually oppressing and causing more harm and, and destruction than it was causing more blessing into the world. And Jesus directly affronted, went against those things. And so even with Jerusalem, like that, I think that's what Jesus was primarily talking about. In most of the end times passages, I think Jesus was actually just talking about um, the fall of Jerusalem. Because that's what a prophet was. In the Old Testament, prophets were those who held up in one hand, who has God called us to be? And then they also held the newspaper in the other hand and said, are we being those things? And you look at uh, Moses in Deuteronomy, he holds up life and death, and he says, if you choose life, this is what it looks like, and this is going to be the result. And then he says, if you choose not those things, you're choosing death, and that's what this looks like, and this is going to be the result. And so life and death were less a state of existence and more of a state of, like, a way of being human in the here and now. And uh, that's what a prophet did, pretty much. A prophet was, was a person who held up what does it mean to be human, who's God called us to be, and are we being those things. And if you consistently go against the divine flow, if you consistently go against God's design and, and created order, 
like we can naturally presume that the things will fall apart. Like if you build a Jenga tower and you just slowly start angling the, the, the blocks over, you know, 10, 15 blocks, that thing's going to come down. That's what a prophet says. A prophet says, look, if we keep, if we keep oppressing the poor, this is going to be the result. If we keep this, this religious system that's supposed to be a light to the nations, a conduit of blessing to everybody else, if we keep twisting this just to line our pockets, this is going to be the result. So they're, they're less fortune tellers, and they're more of these humans who are fighting to be present in the here and now, helping us be grounded in who God's called us to be. And so you look at the person of Jesus, and that's exactly what he was doing. It's like, what are we supposed to do, and who are we supposed to be? And if we keep not being those things, then the destruction is inevitable. And that's exactly what happened in, in AD 70. A lot of these things that Jesus talks about and that we usually relegate to the end times or whatever— actually happened in AD 70 whenever Jerusalem fell. And that's its own story. We can talk about that another time. But Jesus is right, you know, like if we if you be you can be human in a way that causes more destruction and death into the world and corruption and actually twists and perverts a lot of the good that God's actually chosen to to wire into the fabric of things. Like there is a good. There is a wholeness and harmonious Tove that's here and that's available. And often it's really covered up by our own sin. That's what sin means. Sin is sin is a culpable disturbance of shalom. Shalom is that which God has actually ordered things for, with, and purposeful. It's a state of peace and harmony and goodness. And so sin is any time that we twist that. And so is Django blocks again. So think about that. Like if you have some blocks that you're stacking up trying to build a tower, sin is whenever we angle one or two of them. And what that does is we're, we're, we're seeing the order of how it's supposed to be, and then we're just twisting it. And so in Judges, it talks about the word sin, and it talks about these people with slingshotters, like they were slingshotters. They were so good at slingshotting. I don't know if that's a verb, but I'm using it. They were so good at slingshotting, they wouldn't miss. Like they wouldn't sin is what that word comes from. We usually just relegate that to, like, you do bad things, and God says to do this thing, and you actually do something else. But sin, I think more biblically defined, is whenever we, it's a mispurposed reality. So for your own heart, or the, our actual cosmos, how are things supposed to be, and designed to be, and whenever it twists, or it distorts, or it's out of alignment, that is sin. And that shows up in some really dark ways in our world. And I mentioned a couple of them, like with greed and, and lust and pride and gluttony. And you just think about like our world crumbling, like in political arenas, like we lie and we distort and we hurt each other with our tongues. And we just like unleash, you know, fire on people because we're trying to fish for compliments and or whatever. Um, or even just the state of like we're actually corrupting the world, like in how we build bigger and bigger, bigger businesses that actually hurt people we hurt our world and we have the presence of sex slavery and and kids not having enough food and water across the globe like you can just easily just take a a brief glance at our world and say this is not how it's supposed to be and i talked about this maybe the second episode but all these things cause doubt and they cause questions and maybe you're raised in a christian faith that told you it was all about thinking rightly it was all about your mind being set right. Like, as long as you wore this t-shirt, you were in. 
and you know just whatever however long I've been talking about this now I haven't even gone that deep into it but we can easily see that this thing is a lot bigger than just your mind like what it means to be a human from Genesis 1 is not just that you think rightly it's this wholehearted full heart bodied experience of being human where you're alive you're fully alive and you're fully taking in this beautiful unfolding narrative of what it means to be a human to partner with God to co-labor alongside other humans and to image him and to put more beauty and goodness into the world simply by being a human to begin with but also partnering with him like that's so much bigger than just your mind like you thinking rightly you look at the entirety of the Old Testament, like God was calling humans, Israel, to a way of being in the world. And they jacked it up all the time. And even when God tells Moses his name in Exodus 3, he, it's not even a name. He says, I am. And we've just, um, we've, we've substituted right theology, or we've substituted right living, good living, and I mean that in the biblical sense, true living, for right theology. And of course, the way you think and the theology that you hold is important. Absolutely. I would, I would just say it's infinitely less important than who you're becoming. The way that you think is infinitely less important than who you're becoming. I think that was the teachings of Jesus. He looks at disciples. He looks at fishermen and says, come and learn from me. Come and follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. Like you can learn my way of life and I want to send you out to do the same thing. And then three-ish years later, he looks at him and says, who do you guys think that I am? And Peter stumbles through and says, we think you're the Messiah. We think you're the Christ. So right belief came three years later after following Jesus. And I already talked about those two passages with Jesus, with Matthew 7 and Matthew 21. Um, I think... Uh, I think we've gotten the card before the horse a lot of times. We may, we want, we, at least in the American church, the American church talks a lot about, about um, how you can, you can belong long before you believe. Uh, we say that, and then we, I don't know if we embody it, you know? Like, you have to think rightly first, and then you can follow Jesus. And I think we've totally just flipped a system. But it's also true that at the same time, a lot of people have grown up in a Christian faith that one is not true or honest or helpful, <laughs> like to the Bible. It's not honest with the Bible. And it just doesn't help you be a, a human. It doesn't help you in your everyday life. Like it's more about thinking rightly so God can send you to the good place after you die. And it has very, very little to do with what kind of human you are now. And I think that's one of the saddest um, distortions that we've given people. If your hope and your faith is all about your eternal destiny, I think we're slowly missing it. Maybe not slowly. Maybe we've massively, quickly missed it. Jesus is calling you to an abundant life now. He's calling you to a resurrection life now. A new way of being human now. The kingdom of heaven is something to be entered now. Dallas Willard has said, uh, he's like, if you want to go to heaven, now's the time to do it. Like, do it today. (laughs) Like, enter into the kingdom realities of Jesus now and my hunch is that you'll find the life that you're made for the life you've always wanted so if you were to participate in these teachings of jesus these these realities the the rhythms of jesus i think you'd actually find life and life to the full so if your life is over overly busy and full of things and 
people to please? Like, what happened if you took on the practice of Jesus of slowing down? You slow down your life enough where you can be more present and find joy in the everyday. Now tell me that doesn't sound like a better way to live, purely just on the basis of how to organize your life. And guess where we get that from? We get that from Jesus. Now for so long, all we've handed people is think like this and believe these four things, and you're fine, and you're good. And that's why Christians are often the hardest people to deal with. They may have, in quotes, right thinking, but they're sour humans because we're not giving people a path of becoming. We've flipped the cart and the horse, and we've, all we think is what matters is your mind. As long as your mental furniture arrangement is okay, that's all that matters. Well, I'm, I think maybe I'm here to say that that's not the case. Maybe that's all this podcast has needed to be, this episode needs to be. If you were handed a caricature of the Christian faith, one that you've been wrestling with, or you're asking questions of, you're doubting, it's okay. Like, welcome. Welcome to the table. I almost called this, called this podcast to the table, actually, instead of everything and everyone. But whoever you are and however you find yourself, you're welcome at the table. Questions, doubts, wrestlings, and all. I don't care if you even believe any of this Jesus stuff or you think the Bible's crazy. Me too. <laughs> There's so many days that the Bible is less believable to me because some of these stories are crazy and they're hard to come around. Like, how, what do you do with an ancient text that's from thousands of years ago, thousands of miles across the globe in three different languages written by numerous different authors? Like, of course it's going to be hard. Of course we have to learn how to interpret this ancient text. Now, that doesn't mean that this, this library doesn't have anything to say to us here and now. It actually does, and I, that's my deepest conviction, is that this ancient library, full of poems, letters, stories, everything, actually does have something to say to you, me, here and now in our day and age. But that has been covered up for a lot of people. That's been twisted for a lot of people. That's been short-circuited for a lot of people. There's a lot of people have just been handing, hand, handed caricatures of the Christian faith, things that are ish true but there's a lot of distortion around it and so maybe that's you maybe you're handed a version of the christian faith that doesn't work for you anymore maybe it never worked uh, maybe it's more just about you thinking rightly and you wearing the right t-shirt and playing the game or maybe it was a box with a ceiling you know and you hit that ceiling like as long as you thought rightly you met you did the stuff you read the books and it didn't evolve, it didn't grow, it didn't give you room to keep going. I'm sorry. And I, I don't know if you hear my, my stomach's growling. I need food. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry if that's what you were handed. The Jesus, I think, is actually attested to in the scriptures, and even this, this codex itself, the Bible, I think is infinitely more beautiful and helpful and relevant and crazy and scandalous and humorous and dangerous and, and hard and confusing but fun and inviting than we've made it to be. And if you were pushed to the margins because of your wrestlings, you were pushed to the margins because of the way you thought and felt or your questions or whatever it was, I'm sorry. And maybe this may be the only space <laughs> on this podcast that you can know you're not crazy and to know that your questions are okay and you're welcome at the table, maybe that's the only win.
that I have here. And that's all I want to offer. So however you find yourself right now, doubting, full of sin, suffering, you're skeptical, you're cynical, you're handed something and you threw it away, you're raised in a version of the Christian faith and you left it. I mean, sometimes your atheism, your agnosticism is the healthiest response to the Christian faith you were given. Because some things, sometimes people are handed something that needs to die. But the beauty is that there's actually something really cool and really good and inviting and beautiful. I'll use that word too many times, but I don't care. Really beautiful on the other side. It's like the Narnia doors, you know, C.S. Lewis, if you're into the C.S. Lewis thing. There's this whole other world that's available to us if we would just open the door. And too often we're consumed with just measuring the wardrobe, like making sure everybody has the right measurements, that we keep the door shut, actually. And so I think I care less about you thinking rightly about the wardrobe, and I care more about you just stepping in. And I think your doubts, your questions, your skepticism, and even your sin actually helps you open that door and step into the world of Jesus more. And so I don't know where you are. Maybe you're in that big bucket term, deconstruction. You know, like you're taking apart the faith you were given. Maybe the world is taking apart the faith you were given. Maybe you've had some external circumstances that have caused you to, to doubt and to wrestle. Okay, that's fine. Like you're, you're welcome here. Maybe you're in a construction, like you already have an order and a, a, um, a way of looking at the world, and it still works for you. Okay. Like, welcome. We need you. <laughs> we need you at the table. Maybe you're in the process of reconstruction. You're trying to reorder, reorient after you've already took everything apart before, and you need a new way to keep going. I would argue that the Jesus way <laughs> and the, the, the way that the scriptures give us embodies all three of those of looking having an order going through a disorder and deconstruction and then also putting the pieces back together again and so you're welcome on this journey and so that's all i really wanted to say i've said lots of things on this (laughs) Um, but all i really want to say is that you're welcome here no matter how you are who you are or what you're thinking and maybe you don't have it all figured out um, it's okay like welcome to this podcast (laughs) where it's okay to be you and it's okay to think and it's okay to feel and it's okay to have questions and it's okay to wrestle and if that's you and you you don't have an outlet you don't have a community you don't have a space here it is I feel more called and more convicted to create these kinds of spaces for people than I ever have in my life So maybe you're not seeing it the same way you have before. Okay. Come on. Welcome. Welcome to the table. It's okay. Maybe you're rebuilding. Awesome. Let's do it. Let's rebuild. Or maybe you're just, you've left. Maybe you've tapped out. Maybe you don't believe any of this stuff anymore. Welcome. I would even go as far as say maybe you've never believed (laughs) Maybe you've never believed any of this. You think it's entirely crazy and you've never bought in. You're welcome at the table. So I don't know. Um, I shot for the hip from the hip that whole time. Um, I had this overwhelming. I had no intention of recording this today, but um, I had to just follow the curiosity here. So here it is, episode something.
whichever one it's going to be. Um, and it has a title, probably. I have no idea what that is. But you're welcome at the table. And I mean that. This is a space where you can belong long before you believe. In parentheses, if you ever believe. It's okay. Jesus and the scriptures are a whole lot bigger than a simple um, religion. It's about how it's about what it means to be human, and that's why I think it touches everyone everywhere all the time. All right, there you go. Um, I'm gonna finish drinking my cold brew. Probably go hold my son and uh, eat because my stomach's been growling. So there you go. Um, I'm here. Reach out if you want to, and um, let's keep the conversation going. All right, till next time.